right, well, the buckets are going around. You can be distracted for a second. Um, I brought up my candle up here because it has a funny saying, and you guys know it's been a while since I've been able to like share in here. I'm usually with our students now on Sundays, um, Club 58. Any of you have fifth through eighth graders in here? Some of you do. There's like five of you that are willing to admit that you have a middle schooler. It's okay. Middle schoolers can be hard, but they're super, super fun. If you feel like you're irrelevant, you don't know what's going on in the world, hang out with middle school and high schoolers. Amen? Where are my students? They're over here. I know you're in here. Yeah, you guys, um, we love our students here in this house. I know you guys love them so much. We, we're sharing. This is off the script. It's well, the buckets are going around. We have summer camp that we're planning for this summer. We're super excited. And thank you, many of you, not many, a few of you have already given some scholarship funds to help students that are not able to go to be able to go. And we are also um, have some business people that are brainstorming on some great fundraisers that we can be doing to help students get there. We really have a heart for them to come, but we also have a heart for them to participate in the going. And so that means they are putting time and effort and money into the process. They're not just getting a free ticket to hang out and have a lot of fun. Um, If you're jealous and you think it sounds like a lot of fun to go to summer camp, you can come talk to us and start helping with youth, and then you, you could come. Uh, but we do, we do have a great team of leaders, actually. Uh, so many of our young adults, so many of you guys are in there. We have some moms and dads that serve in youth, um, and that is such a gift. I am so blessed to be a part of a house that loves our students so well, and um, we have three students, so that's a, that's a plus. But anyway, this is one of my things. You guys know I love humor. Oh, let's do this first. Um, why don't you guys get up? and say hi to somebody around you really quick. I know we did um, communion, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand up. Let's stand up. Say hi to somebody around you. And if you want to move closer, this is like that inconspicuous moment where I would love for you to come a little closer down front. Like, Pastor Mike's almost by himself up here. So uh, if you want to move down, this is your subtle hint that you could move closer in to the front row where all the fun is. There's only a few open seats down front, but... (laughs) Uh, And we love you online while you guys are watching us mingle and say hello. Give somebody a hug or high five. Tell them that you're so glad to see them. Look for a face that you're not as familiar with. And... um, Or hang out with your family. We're super glad you guys are here today. All right, good job. Not too rowdy. Good job, you guys. That's impressive. Um, I have the, so the phrase on this one. These are the funny memes that I love. This one sits on the in the youth office, but I think it's appropriate. It says, "Cupcakes are just muffins that believe in miracles." Amen. Amen and amen. If you missed it, cupcakes are just muffins that believe in miracles. I have another one that says, um, it's like the, what the website says and like what, what we think. It says, website, we use cookies to enhance our performance. Me, same. <laughs> cookies, enhance my performance. <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. Anyway, there's one more that says, bacon is 73% fat and very, very salty. 
Me too, bacon. Me too. <laughs> I love bacon. I feel like it's the seventh love language along with chocolate. Um, they're both not healthy. It's okay, but they're tasting very good. It's a little slice of heaven right here at our doorstep when we get to, we get to eat that. But um, I'm super glad to be with you guys. Thank you for being here and for you guys that are online. I know we often have those people. Um, there are, there's a lot of things stirring on my heart. Um, I'm just going to pray real quick and just ask the Lord to help my words come out. Um, is that okay? I'm going to pray. I, I'm, I'm going to get on my knees. It's not like a show. It's just because the Lord's good. And sometimes humility is just a great reminder. So, Lord, um, we just thank you that uh, we're here for you. We thank you that we get to be followers of you, Jesus. We thank you that you don't expect us to have it figured out. I thank you that you are a beautiful teacher. You're a beautiful example. God, we thank you that you lead us on a way that is possible to follow. But it might not be what we expected. love you, Jesus. Help us to say yes again and again. The lamb that was slain is so worthy. You're so worthy, Jesus. You're so worthy of it all. Let us set our eyes on you. Help us to focus on you this morning. You are the greatest choice that we've made. The greatest choice that we can make, Lord. We yield to you again today. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so we need tissues, apparently. All right, that's one way to start. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Um, can you hear me okay? I, I don't love these things. They move around on my head. I have a little head, and that thing doesn't like me. The little head thing that you have to wear doesn't like me. Um, all right, you got my joke. Uh One of the things the Lord was just speaking to me about, and um, you're just going to get to hear a little bit of our story right now, what we're walking in as a family, Mike and I, and our, we have three kids. Um, and then just a little bit of um, what I feel like the Lord is speaking to as to us as a, as a church family. Uh, a lot of times, he, for me, he does things in my life, and then, you know, we, we kind of get to get be the the test run maybe for what he wants to say to the rest of us. I don't know. Um, so the Lord has been, and you, you've been here, many of you have been hearing what he's been talking to us about obedience and stepping into um, walking in his ways, uh, being 
abiding in the vine as we're the branch. He's the vine. We stay connected to him. Um, and in that process, um, some of you might know that, that we were taking, um, many of you know we were taking food and clothing to the different refugees that are here crossing our border to come into the United States pursuing dreams of being an American or just living here. Um, in that process, we ended up with uh, a couple of Venezuelan families that are living with us now for a while. So we have a house um, of 11 instead of 5. Um, so that's a little bit of an adjustment. Um, we don't have a huge house. I was talking to someone, they're like, oh, you must have a huge house. I said, no, we don't, we don't have a huge house, but we have four people in one bedroom and two people in another, and it works out. God's good, right? He always, he always just does what he wants to do when we say yes. Um, and so what, what he's been talking to me about is, is that place of obedience and what it produces in our life. Um, there's, there's just so much beauty in obeying the Lord. There is so much goodness that comes by saying yes to what he's asking us to do. And um, I'm just asking the Lord while I'm standing here, how do I, how do I say it well? Uh, you guys know my heart. I love you so much. I know the Lord loves us so much. We're all following him. I was just thanking the Lord that when we say yes to D Jesus, it doesn't mean like, oh, now I've arrived. Like, because I said, oh, yes, I will follow Jesus. Now I'm like, flip a switch. I'm, I've got it figured out. It's all together. Like, because if that was true, what, what I looked like when I said yes to Jesus was a mess, Right? So when we say yes, we're a mess, and then he starts to help us be a little bit less of a mess as we keep following him, right? We keep walking in his ways, and he shapes us, and he takes us on a journey and on an adventure. And as I wrote this down during worship, and, and we follow him, but the hardest part of following is that we don't know where we're going. I was thinking about the disciples, and when they said yes to Jesus, did they, did they know it was ending in a cross? They didn't. They didn't know it was ending in death. They didn't sign up to die. They didn't know that. Something the Lord's teaching me by saying yes to him right now is that um, obedience doesn't always um, bring the easy thing about in your life. Oftentimes, obedience gets a little harder. I think that in the church, we've sort of maybe misspoken that, where if you say yes to Jesus and you decide to follow him, that it's, it's, it gets easier and you get to live like, um, like a, a chill like, like life of like just kind of hanging out with Jesus and he brings blessing into your life. There are so many parts of good things that the Lord does, obedience starts to reveal the flesh in me that isn't dead yet. And when something in me needs to die, that's painful, right? Death is never easy, and it's not glamorous, and it doesn't feel good. 
And so as I say yes to something that he's asking me to do, he's asking something in me to be put to death because he's saying, Christy, I want you to say yes to something. And obedience means I'm, I'm stepping into something that I probably would not have done otherwise. Otherwise, it's me saying yes to me instead of saying yes to him. It's like our children, right? When I'm saying like, hey, would you please clean your room? That's not something that they might normally do out of the satisfaction of getting excited to have a clean room. It's, they're going to say yes because I asked them to, and it goes against their natural inclination, right? It's like when we, when we want to get fit and eat well, we say no to the things we might intentionally or desire to say yes to, like bacon, and we go, bacon doesn't help me get more fit, so I will say yes to celery, Celery does not look like bacon, nor does it taste like bacon. But you burn more calories eating celery than there is in the celery itself. I have been told that. I don't know if it's true. Anyway, uh, so here's the, um, so the Lord has been saying, Christy, I want you to step into obedience and, um, and Mike and I and, and our kids too, and, and we said, okay, and and we begin to follow, and thankfully, um, he is so good that he shapes us in the following. He shapes us in the saying, yes. I feel like there's many of us in here that some of us might feel like, I've, I've heard this before, or I've been down this road. And there's many of us in another spectrum that, that all of this is new. We don't know all the stories in the Bible. We don't, we don't get it. And, and I feel like I'm there so many times where I'm reading a parable, which is just a story in the Bible. Jesus is telling it, and it has truths in it. And I feel like I should know this by now, but it's not actively working in my life yet. There's things that it, the Lord's still shaping by using his word that he wants to produce good fruit in me and tear down some things that aren't from him that are in me, that are flesh, that are still alive, they're not dead, right? And so he's using his word and his call to say yes to do that. So he's saying, okay, if you'll say yes to me, I will begin to shape you to look like me. So we begin to follow him. And we know where it's all going. It's all ultimately going that we get to be with him in heaven. But before that, there's this, this great step that we make and we cross over and I think sometimes, um, for me, as we've been saying yes to just opening our home to a couple of families, um, there are so many things that aren't dead yet in me, you guys. I just didn't know how much bothered me that bothered me until things get a little bit of a rub. I call it a rub. It's like when you've got shoes that are too tight and all of a sudden you got a blister. But you tried them on in the store and you're like, they're cute and they fit. And then you walk around for about half a mile and all of a sudden you've got like big red spots and you're like, didn't know that bothered me. This isn't quite right. Something doesn't, isn't quite correct, right? That's what's happening in, our, in my life, especially, I think, um, is just the Lord's like, Christy, you, you thought that your faith was here. And all that you've learned and all that you've said yes to, all that you've read in the Word and done Bible studies and been taught on Sundays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays or this or that day, all this stuff you have in your life, but actively speaking, you're back here. You're back here. 
all that wisdom, all that knowledge until it begins to take active place in your life. For me, he's like, you're not there yet, Christy. And when I said, I, when he, this is him talking to me, when I called you into obedience, Christy, that was to help you realize really what's active in your life as far as faith goes. Where is my faith really versus where I might like to believe it, it is? So the teachings and the wisdom and the knowledge that I might have until they have gotten sort of squeezed and pressured and put some weight on by adding six people to our home and our everyday life, that has revealed to me that what I know to be true isn't actually working yet in my life. Does that make sense? So quiet, you guys. Makes me nervous. So what I feel like the Lord has just been talking to me about is, is that there, that might be true for some of you, that, that the things that we know may not yet be active in our life. There might be parts of the word or there might be claims of things. Yes, I trust Jesus, but until we say yes in obedience to what he's asking us to do, we don't really know where our trust lies. The example the Lord gave me of that was Peter in the boat. This is a big trust moment. So Peter's in the boat. There's a storm. And they all think they're going to die. All the disciples, they're out on this very big lake, sea thing. And a storm comes up, and the waves are crashing over the boat. And, you know, like those pictures, the boat is tipping side to side. In my imagination, I think it is. And they're screaming. Peter, maybe like little girl, we're going to die. You know, that person that just brings reality very close to your face and starts screaming. And they see Jesus walking on the waves, and, and they think he's a ghost. And then they're like, well, maybe no. No, I think it might be the Lord. So there's some contradictions here. And Peter, I think it is. Get, if I get this stuff wrong, you guys, that is okay. I'm still learning and following Jesus, and you can help me by correcting me later. Don't do it right up front, because then I'm like, oh, geez. Okay, but, I, you know, and so I think it's Peter that says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water, to step out and walk to you like you are walking on the water. Let me do what you're doing. I want to do what you're doing, and I think I have the faith to do what you're doing. I believe that Peter believes. He is a big professor of what he believes. He's like, I believe that I can do this. Lord, call me up. Just, just, give, me, just give me the go-ahead. I will do this. I got the faith for this. And he steps out. Way to go, Peter, the only one. But then he also sinks, right? And so that step of obedience, he says yes. He obeys. The Lord says come, so he does. And then all of a sudden, his faith is revealed for what it is. He doesn't quite have that full faith in the Lord, that Jesus is who he says he is. He doesn't quite believe. He doesn't have full understanding. He hasn't laid everything down and said, oh, Jesus is the Son of God. That's the difference right there. And he begins to sink, and Jesus says, hip, I'm scoop you up. I've got you. We're good. The storm settles down, and they get to the other side very quickly. What the Lord is teaching me is that very same thing might be true in the church, where we think our faith is so far along, and then we begin to say, okay, I'm going to do the thing the Lord's asking me to do. We step out in obedience, and it's harder than we thought it would be. 
And then when obedience is hard, we think we missed it and we get shaky and then we go, oh no, I didn't hear the Lord, I must have missed it. I'm going to go back, I did something wrong, the Lord's not good, or whatever. We begin to question all the things we thought we understood and knew as faith, get questioned when obedience comes into play and obedience becomes hard, and then we don't know what, what went wrong. I feel like the Lord is teaching me, and therefore he gets to teach you, because I don't know, I've got the mic today. Uh, he's teaching us a little bit about um, preparing for the storm. He wants to teach us about preparing for the storm. I felt like the Lord was saying, and I, and I was trying to ask him, what order do I share this information? Like, my brain likes to put things in, like, this and this and this so that you guys can follow the story and pay attention and keep track with me, and then I don't have to try to, like, get your attention back and all that stuff, keep you, you know. So I was like, Lord, what do we do? And he's like, just tell them how I've been telling you. So he asked us to obey first, and then he said, Christy, this uncomfortable place that you're in right now is because you thought your faith was further than it was. You don't trust me the way you think you trust me. When there's a lot going on with schedules and trying to get a bunch of people in different directions and, and, and kids over here and, and adults over there and car, we have car seats now and booster seats and I never thought I'd be back there again. And all that stuff comes into play in your life. And we're like, Lord, the peace of God, the past of understanding will guard my heart and my mind, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, all these people, I'm forgetting children, and I don't know where people are, and this needs to be there, and I need to say that in Spanish, and I'm translating to my children, and quit talking to me in Spanish, mom, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, there's, there's just all these things that are coming in, and my peace is gone, right? And I, I feel like, Lord, I can, I can say yes, and, and I, I'm a, in this process, how many of you like to, like, travel? I, I talk about this because I love to travel. Does anybody else like to travel? I mean, seriously. Okay, come on. It is fun to travel. If you don't like it, try it because then you'll like it. But I really grew up doing mission trips, and I loved mission trips. I loved going to, like, other countries. And um, when I was two, my, not two, when I was in second grade, I was eight years old in second grade. I was not two. I'm not that smart. Uh, and my parents went to Africa. They had um, friends that were missionary, medical missionaries there. So we went to Africa, went to Kenya, and that was it. It lit me on fire. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I still remember some Swahili, which is kind of cool. That's that, like, beauty of young minds. Take advantage, you young minds. Learn things right now. Don't wait. Um, and so I loved missions, and I was, I was telling the Lord, well, um, does sharing your heart with the Lord ever look like complaining to you guys? <laughs> I was complaining to the Lord about not getting to go on mission troops, trips for a while. We had a missions pastor, and he had to move, and I, I don't know, we just haven't been able, and then COVID, well, just kind of shut down travel for a minute, but that's not right. But uh, I was complaining to the Lord that we haven't gotten to do mission trips, and I was like, I'd really love to take our youth on a mission trip and stuff, and then we get given, like, a portion of a country to Denver. And the Lord's like, Christy, don't you say you love to go, like, to other countries and, like, experience other languages and other food and other culture? He's like, congratulations, I brought you a, a part of a country to Denver. And that's beautiful, right? And I'm like, well, it's not as much fun. And I was, I was telling the Lord, like, why isn't this fun? And he was like, well, Christy... On a mission trip, you know where you're going. 
you know what's expected of you. You know when it's going to end, and you're going to you know how to get back to your comfort place. And and with this, you don't know where you're going. We don't know when this is going to end. We didn't know it would look like this, and and it could happen again. Like there's just this unknown, and it it reveals some things in my heart that say. I like to have control of things. Like mission trips, I'm like, oh, it's two weeks. We're going to go to Nicaragua, and we're going to speak Spanish, and we're going to give out Bibles and build part of a church, and we're going to come home, and we're going to tell everybody what we did, you know? And that sounds so nice and packaged like a little present. But that's not what obedience looks like for us right now, and it might not be what the Lord has asked you to step into. It might be more of a follow me than here's your packaged Thing that you get to do and then celebrate and have say you did it and it's over and, and you trusted the Lord. Those are still good things. Mission trips I love and I do, I am not dissing missions. What I feel like the Lord is challenging us with is, is that position of following him where he's leading even if we don't know what that looks like. We don't know where it's going to take us and it ultimately means we have a cross that we take. Um, crosses aren't pretty, they're not comfy, they're not lined with cushions and velvet, and um, you get splinters on the way, and, and it's heavy, and it's tiring. I, I was, I, I'm, I'm just going to share my heart, I was, I was praying and, and just seeking the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know, like, there's these dichotomies in the Bible as you learn to read it, I mean, I know many of you already know. But there's this one that says, pick up your cross and follow me. And then there's another one that says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Okay, Lord, well, like they're both true, but, but how, how does that work? What, is, what does that mean? Like, I would like, right now, it feels heavy. <laughs> I feel like I'm tired. We're not sleeping very well. My, trans, my Spanish isn't working fully. I'll talk to my families in Spain. I call them my family, our Venezuelan families. I'll be talking, and I'll wake up in the morning, and they'll start in Spanish, right, like really fast. And I'm like, darn it. Like, it's like I have to turn a switch on to get it to go to Spanish. It doesn't want to go to Spanish. It wants to stay in English. And then when I'm done speaking Spanish, I'll talk to my kids because they're there. And my brain will stop on the word because I won't remember the right word in English. Now it's gone to Spanish. This is, there's hard things about saying yes in obedience. And um, I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, this dichotomy of like, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I'm like, Lord, that one isn't, isn't feeling true. That one where he says, take up your cross and follow me, that one feels true right now. And I don't have all the answers. Um, I don't feel like the Lord gives us all the answers, but he does call us to obedience. And that's the thing we were talking about it. And um, we have an amazing team that shares here on Sunday mornings. And we get to come together and talk about what we're, we think the Lord wants to say. And um, I just love that you guys, uh, the Lord has asked us to step out. And one of them was reminding me, it's obedience before understanding Sometimes we flip it and we go, well, once I understand, then I'll say yes. Once I know what he's asking me to do, then I'll say yes to what he's asking. 
and I'll know how much it's going to cost and how long it's going to last, like a mission trip. And I'll, these are the funds I'm going to raise, and this is how I'm going to get there, this is how I'm going to get back. But so much of our yes to him is without understanding, and that's the scarier part. And I think it's only scary because I, uh, we, don't, we don't know how much it's going to cost us beforehand. And that can be scary. And when we're afraid of the cost, we're not quite dead yet. Uh, I was telling a student, I said, the good news is we all get to die. <laughs> Students don't love to hear that. The good news is, you guys, we all get to die. <laughs> that is good news. We are going to die. We're, gonna, we're dying to our flesh daily. I know that's not glamorous. I know that's not streaming people into this building. But there's so much freedom there's so much freedom when we finally die to ourselves and we come alive to Christ. The thing about obedience that the Lord's trying to teach me is that I thought, oh, we're doing this for him. He, he wants us to bless these families, so we're going to say yes so that they have a place to live and they're cared for and all this stuff. Those are good things. Obedience is actually right now getting me to the place that he wants me to be. He's saying, oh, good, now I get to work on you a little more. You thought this was for them, but really when I ask you to obey, when he asks us to obey him, it's because he loves us so much that he wants to shape our lives. He wants us to look like him. So if we say yes to him and follow him, we become like him. And that's the whole idea. And then as we become like him, people stop seeing us. We're dying. And he's coming alive in our life. And when people can see him alive in our life, they say, I want what you have. It's not that they want me. It's not that they want you. They want the Jesus that is showing in our lives. And they say, you have something that I've been looking for all my life. I've been searching, and I've been trying, and I've been shooting up my arms. I've been tatting. I've been watching. I've been intaking, and it's not doing it. I'm still the horrible, terrible person that I don't like, and I want to get free from that. How do I do it? How did you get free? We're all in the process of getting free. We're all in the process of saying yes to what he wants us to do so that we look like him, the lamb that was slain. That's the goal. It's where we're all going. We just, once we can agree that like, oh, I'm supposed to die, then, it, then you're like, okay, well, this hardship is not as much a surprise. I'm not so surprised that obedience is difficult because I didn't get told when I said, yes, I was going to float on a raft in a pool and get a tan. Like then when hard things come, we go, oh, it's hard and I missed it and Jesus left me. The Holy Spirit walked away. That's not the case. He loves us so much. He's not leaving us. But he said, oh, you know, it's going to be hard. You're going to die. So I said, okay, Lord, well, what is obedience producing in my life? Like, like I, I, the, the, the why of obedience, right? So we're, we're going to look like him. But one of the verses, I will use the Bible. I'm sorry. I did not forget the word. There's words of scripture I've been wrapping in here. You just didn't know it. I snuck them in, like putting vitamins in brownies, okay, you guys? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm serving brownies. But we're going to go to Matthew 7. If you have your Bible, grab, go to Matthew 7. If you have your word, the word, and I hope you do. I hope you have a real Bible. I'm not going to say it. I didn't say it. Matthew 7, Matthew 7. 
Okay, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you've gotten to John, you definitely went too far. I work with students. You guys, let's remember that not everyone always knows where everything is in the Bible. I would say I went to a Christian school. I went to church all my life. And even as a senior in high school, I had a hard time figuring out where things were in the Word, okay? So I always like to say, uh, if you're in the middle of the Bible, go to the, go to the back to get to Matthew, get to the New Testament, okay? I just feel like that's fair. We can't, we can't expect everybody to know what we know. Not everybody's walked the road that we've walked, right? Amen? Come on, you guys. We have people, we, we are all in different places in our walk with Jesus, and we are trying to look like him, but we do not have it figured out. Let us be humble enough to say we don't have it figured out, and remember what it's like to first say yes to him and say, I've decided to follow him like we see most of the New Testament is, sorry, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, is the story of men saying yes to Jesus, but not getting it right. And Jesus teaching them how to say yes and believe him. I felt like one of the things the Lord wants to say, and I'm not going to go there very deep right now, is that do you understand that so much of the New Testament was was the disciples asking questions of Jesus and they didn't understand everything. It wasn't until the end in John where we see they finally believe that he really is who he says he is. And all that time leading up to them, they've been asking him. They're following him. They're following him around. Literally, they're questioning him. They're saying, I wonder if you know the answer to this question. I wonder if you really are who you say you are. What do you think about this thing? Will you prove who you are by doing this? But they didn't believe three years of figuring out if Jesus was really who he said he was. So many times I feel like, like we started just this morning, that we, we believe that people say yes to Jesus, and all of a sudden, there's like that magical switch that happens, and now we are a Christian, and therefore I should totally look different. We are a new creation, but we're still working out our salvation all our life. All of our time here on the earth, we are continuing to try to become like him. So be careful that when you see a believer, I just don't even want to call myself a Christian. It means Christ follower, but I mean, it has a connotation like I've got it figured out. I don't have it figured out. I don't know all the answers. I have a lot that needs to get improved in me, that needs to be taken out. There's a lot that needs to die. It's very obvious to my family. (laughs) Or they're like... There's more that needs to die in mom. They don't say it like that, but they're like, mom, <laughs> you guys, there are so many things that go wrong when you have 11 people living in the house. I didn't know that. There's families in here that know that. They knew that before I knew it. Praise the Lord. They're a great example to me and a, a, a beautiful encouragement that I will live and I, I won't die in the flesh yet, Right? But here's the thing, is that we need to remember that we are on this journey. We said yes to him, but we're still learning to walk like him. We're still learning to obey like him, to to do the things he's asking us to do. Let's have grace with ourselves. He empowers us by his spirit to say yes. It's not our amazing self that wants to die every day. It's by his grace that he says, come to me. I will help you. I will help you become like me. Amen. All right, so Matthew 7. We are getting there, you guys. (laughs) We'll start dancing just a second. All right, Matthew 7. Okay, 
Okay, you guys, every now and then I do this to you, and I, know, I don't know if anybody like, dislikes this, but I like to just parcel out a little bit of, of some verses that, in the Word so that we, we see a very specific point. I'm going to do it to you right now. There's no slide for this. Just listen, okay? Or you can look at your Word, the Bible. Matthew 7, I'm going to look at verse 24, and then I'm going to jump to 26. This is what it says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Don't keep reading. Go to verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Okay. So, there's houses, right? These two, this is not complicated, but it is profound. There's two houses in those two scriptures, right? How many builders do we have in this, these two verses? There's two builders. There's one that built a house on a rock. There's a man who built a house on... Okay, so we have two people. They're the same. We have two houses. Right now, they're the same. And then what's the difference? The foundation. We have some slides really quick of, of some foundation, some pictures. I was going to see maybe our amazing AV people can show us. Um, my amazing husband did this. I'm not very good at slides. But he pulled up some photos of what it looks like when a storm comes and what a foundation does or does not do in a storm. So here's one. This is a hurricane that came through, I think, probably in Florida. Um, but you can see a house that had a a good foundation, was left standing. Again, another storm or a flood. This looks like a flood to me. Flood came and that one house is remaining. Here's a house that was built on sand, which is very clear. You can see these homes in Florida as well. I grew up in Florida. We've seen these. The seawall broke down, the water got to the sand, and then the sand gave way, right? Here's another one that was built on the sand. Um, are these nice houses, you guys? Or are these like shacks that you might find, like tin, you know, like third world country house? No, those are no shacks, right? Like I wouldn't mind if that had a better foundation. I wouldn't mind living there. Is there any, I don't know if that's the last one. Oh, here's one more. That's definitely in Florida. Florida is barely above sea level and they have, you dig down a foot and you hit water. So if you don't have a foundation of concrete, that's what happens. You don't have basements in Florida, at least not that I know of. Maybe I could be wrong, but I've never seen one. Um, okay, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, so the foundation is the difference here. I felt like the Lord was talking to me about, like, some of us, I feel like, and maybe me too, probably, as like, Lord, I'm building a pretty good house right here. This is pretty good, what we got going on, you and me. And I feel like the Lord's like, well, it's not about the house, Christy. It's not about the house. Those houses are the same. The builders were the same. It was the foundation that was the problem, right? The point I want to make right here is that the foundation was based on the one that heard the words. So if, if the house is the hearing, because the houses are the same, both people heard. Both builders heard. It says, those who hear these words of mine 
And verse 26 says, those who hears the, he, he hears the words. Both people heard the words. It's the putting into action is what makes the foundation a rock or sand. And there, that's that act of obedience. It's the act of obeying the word of the Lord in your life. The thing that he's calling you to do, and it will line up with Scripture. If you think you're hearing the Lord and it does not align up with Scripture, get with someone that knows the Lord and say, can you pray with me? I feel like I heard the Lord, but I don't see this in the word. Can you help me determine if this is God or not? I, I want you to hear me very clearly. Do not do it because you heard a pastor or an online speaker or you read a book other than the Bible and you said, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, X, Y, Z. If, if it's not in the Word, get with someone that you know that knows the Word. Come into agreement. Ask the Lord to show you. Make sure you hear Him clearly, okay? That's just like free. That's just thrown in there. All right. You guys are like, your phone asleep. My, my kids are like way more excited than you. Like my students. That's what I'm talking about. You guys, come on. Mm -hmm. I know. Like, I'm working hard. You need to work hard. <laughs> All right. I'm laughing because I, I know I'm going to have to speed up here in just a second. And y'all are going to be like, I don't know what she just said. She just went way too fast and then catch anything. That's okay. Because we're not going to get through everything. There's, I'm going to spit out three verses really quick to back up that point, that being in obedience is, is the, what the Lord is asking of us. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So if we obey him, then we love him. John 15, 10 says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. So again, obeying and we abide. And then it says 15, 14, if you are my friends, if you do what I command. Sometimes we um, like to downplay that that fact that we need to obey. But obedience is where the foundation's built. And if, and I was asking the Lord, well, why is he talking about foundations here? This is the end of Matthew 7. He's given the, the Sermon on the Mount, which is a bunch of things that he's saying are very hard to hear. It's a beautiful message. If you haven't read Matthew 5 through 7, go read it. But Jesus is saying, I want to talk to you about foundations. And why do you talk about a foundation? Because as soon as he taught about a foundation, he said, when the storm came, there's a storm that's coming. There's a storm that's coming in our lives. There's a storm that's coming on the earth. It's promised in the word. We know that. We don't know when. We don't know what it's going to look like. There can be prophets and words and all that stuff. Read your Bibles. Know what the word says. Trust the Lord. Do what he's asking you to do. He is calling us to set our foundations firm now so that when the storm comes, we will stand, that we will not fall. That's his heart. And that's why he wants to talk to us about foundations. And if we want to get the foundation right, we have to get obedience, right? Amen? Okay, I know, it's so exciting. You guys, <laughs> you're looking at me like, oh, girl. Okay, here's one, a couple of the beautiful things. Mike shared this verse with me, Psalm 89, 14. It says, righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. I just want to go into that for a second. If that's the foundation of the throne of God, righteousness and justice, that's his throne. It sits on these things, this righteousness and justice. If we have a foundation like his, and then there's a fire or there's a storm, and there's, there's, there's a fire that will judge us. 
And the things that have been done as unto him, the things that are made of the pure things, the, the, the righteousness, the justice, if that's what we've built our life on, then that will stand. But if we have built with hay, wood, and straw, and we go through fire, who knows what happens to hay, wood, and straw? Any campers out here that like to start fires? Okay, what happens to start a fire is you use hay, wood, and straw to get a fire going, and then it burns up, right? And that is what it's, the word is saying, is that that, that will be burned up as we go through the fire. So, so the Lord, he's calling us to a place that when this storm is coming, that we have that foundation that will stand, that we will not fall. His desire is that his people prosper and not fail. It's like, it's like when you have little kids and you're like, oh, here, do this. Walk like this. I want you to avoid this trap. Why do we do this? Why do we tell them do's and don'ts as, ki- as parents? And we're like, no, 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 please don't step into the fire. Don't put your hand on the oven, right? Don't, don't mess with that. We don't want them to fail. We want them to prosper, right? And so the Lord is doing that for us. He's so good. But I feel like there's a season right now where the church has been lulled into a place of thinking we're walking in obedience because we have head knowledge and we have faith and we have understanding of the word, but our actions have not been coupled with that. And we have a, a danger of having a foundation of sand, because we have not agreed to obey the word of the Lord and step out and do the very thing he's already asked us to do. If you're disappointed in the Lord showing up in your life and you feel like he's not there, I would say go to the thing he already asked you to do, step out in obedience, and then you have a boldness in this place that you come to his throne with that boldness and knowing that he's going to answer the prayer that you're praying. Because now I'm walking in obedience. If I've said yes to the Lord and I'm walking in obedience, the thing he's asked me to do and a need comes and like like this we have these families and like lord they eat a lot of food they eat a lot of food lord we need more food and i said okay so i know that if the lord has asked me to take care of these people and one of the needs we're going to have because of that is needing food i can boldly come to that throne of the lord and say god i'm obeying you and we need food and do you know what the lord's answer is his answer is yes i will give you food It is because I'm walking in obedience to him that I have this boldness to say, I know that he will answer this prayer because I have said yes to do what he said to do. And he says, if you do what I ask you to do, I will do what you need. Then you can ask me. You can petition me. You can say, Lord, we need you. And he says, here I am. That's Isaiah 58. It's his promise. And he says, Isaiah 58, you guys, ooh, it's better than I ever knew. Get in it. Get in Isaiah 58. Now's the season. Don't look past it. Don't read over it. Don't blow through it. It's the people coming to God and saying, why are we doing all the right church things and you're not answering our prayer? I came to church. I did the fast thing. I put aside the meal for the day and the week, and I actually put on these clothes that were just horrible, like sackcloth. They're itchy and... I looked terrible, and I didn't even do my makeup and hair that day. I did it for you, God. And he goes, what? That is not what I asked you to do. That is not obedience. Yeah, he said, feed the poor, or feed the hungry. Take care of the poor. Clothe the naked. Do these things. And when you do those things, then your righteousness, that righteousness, that foundation of his throne will break forth. Then your healing 
And that's like physical healing. You look up that word. Guys, if you go too fast, you miss some of these amazing things. It says that healing is physical healing of like a wound that you might have that will not heal. And so like, like um, sword wounds, like here, here's a fun fact, like puncture wounds that you might get, um, uh, like a child might get from like playing with, I don't know, pens and stabbing a friend. We've had that happen. But puncture wounds, in their society, they would think more of like a sword that goes in. These kinds of wounds, they don't heal well. Um, the, the big fleshy top surface wounds that might have lots of blood and gore, those heal well because you can keep them clean. It's the puncture wounds that don't heal. It's talking about that kind of wound, like you have a wound that will not heal. And he says, if you will just do what I asked you to do, your healing will quickly appear, the healing of the thing that won't heal in your life. It will heal quickly. So you, if, then we say, okay, if we step out and do the things he's done, then his promise is that he will do these things in return. And, and he says, and then you will call out to me. You will cry out to me. And I will answer and say, here am I. This is the same here am I when the Lord is looking for someone. He says, who will go for me? And is it Samuel? Oh, my goodness. Samuel, am I right? That says... Isaiah, oh, geez, see? You guys, a perfect example of the body helping the body. <laughs> uh, he says, who will go for me? I just need anyone. And, he's, and Isaiah's like, I'll do it. I'll go. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. And the Lord flips that around in Isaiah 58, and he says, and then you're going to cry out to me. And the Lord says, I'm here. I'll do it. Whatever you need, I'll do it. It's because of obedience. It's because we've said yes. Amen. There's a lot. The last thing. Ooh, someone's got a word. Uh, Matthew seven thirteen. This is the last thing I want to talk about. Um, I feel like there might be discouragement in the. It's probably because I have felt like a little discouraged in my yes. I was like, Lord, this is definitely harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought, I don't know what I thought. It's a good thing I didn't think too far ahead of saying, we didn't think too far ahead of saying yes to six more people in our house because you just don't, you don't know. If you think through it too much, you might say no. So, you know, don't use your head up here. Use the Holy Spirit and him inside you saying yes to the thing of the Lord. I want us to see one last thing, and then we're going to be done. So, in Matthew 17, oh, 7, so we're in the same place, verse 13 and 14. This is what it says. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Um... I feel like sometimes this, this verse is a little underestimated. This verse is right in there with the, this whole obedience to the Lord and, and building our foundations, our houses on the right foundation. That word um, hard is, is a word that's not really well translated. Uh, let me read it to you. The, the Greek says it this way. The way is pressed or afflicted. It's narrow, and it's been narrowed strictly by pressure. It's a, 
persecution. It's to suffer affliction or to suffer tribulation. That's a little different than like, oh, you just have to make it across this little narrow spot and then you'll be good. Like, no, this way that you're going to go is pressured. It's a persecuted way. It's afflicted, the, the path. And I think, I know that sounds hard, but actually it's encouraging. Because when you're having hard things and you're following the Lord, you, you don't have to start to think you got it wrong. I feel like, oh, if I knew this was, wasn't meant to be easy, if I knew things would be hard in saying yes, which I feel like growing up in a Christian church and, and Christian school and all that stuff, some of that really wasn't spoken like, Chrissy, this is going to be difficult. I don't think I really heard that that well. Or my ears just turned off when they said hard and I just stopped listening altogether. But, but I think it is an encouragement when we go, okay, it, I didn't know it was going to be this hard, but God, it does say that it's going to be a hard road. And I know that that means he's shaping me and something's dying again and I'm going to be like him. Amen? Okay. Give me just a second. I just want to ask the Lord in my heart if there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that I had in my heart. We're in a season... Uh, where the Lord is wants to strengthen us as family. Thank you, Marcus. I mean, it's like I didn't even think of this. Look at this amazing person that comes up to, like, help us. I'm going to sit down for a second. Uh, I'm just going to begin to pray. If you can try to help keep your heart and your mind engaged. I know we have students in the room. I think about you guys all the time. I feel like the Lord wants to build the Rock family and he wants to build it in a beautiful way. There are a lot of young people that are struggling right now. We have a lot of students here in Castle Rock that they're fighting a fight that is big and they're looking for the hope that we carry. How we live is so important. It speaks volumes without saying words. I feel like the Lord wants to capture the heart of our youth. I don't think this is just because I work with youth. I think it's because it's his heart. There's so many that are struggling. There are so many that are unexpectedly pregnant addicted to drugs, pornography, have horrible home lives. I feel like our obedience is, a, is an act of love to the people around us. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be good. And we'll learn and we'll grow and we'll be shaped like Jesus so much faster than if we stay in the place of comfort. Comfort doesn't change us. It keeps us where we are. So although it's hard, I think my encouragement is that just say, say yes to what he's asking because he's worth it. During worship, I just felt like the Lord said, what do we do, Lord? I, I was asking him, it's going to be hard. 
there's moments where you get to this place and you're like, I didn't think you would ask for that. I didn't think it would require me to give that up. I said, Lord, how do we, how do we say yes in those moments? How do we say yes when it's so hard? And, and it, it's that song we sang. It, it's set your eyes on the lamb. Worthy. Worthy is the lamb. When we look at him, we go, oh, he's worthy. He's so worthy of it. Then I can say yes again. If I look at him, I look at his yes. I look at that great reward that is set before me. I think, oh, he's so worthy. It's worth the yes again. It's worth the hard things. Lord, we ask you to give us that picture in our hearts and in our minds. Holy Spirit, pour out vision for that lamb, for you who was slain, that we would hold fast to this road, this narrow way that's full of pressure. It's persecution. It's dying to myself. It's giving up things we thought we could keep. Lord, help us because it's, it's, it's laying up that foundation here and in heaven. This great reward, this, this place that we won't be failed, we won't be disappointed. Help us see those around us, Lord. We cry out for the youth of this generation, Lord. We cry out for their hearts to know you. May we become those that are interested in them. Let us not wait for them to be interested in us. Lord, let us take time to understand their world, to hear their stories. Tenderness grows in hearing stories. As you hear these refugees and the stories of the things they've walked through, your heart goes out to them. I feel like the Lord's just inviting us to listen to some people's stories. It might be your next door neighbor. It might be a student here. It might be a grandchild, niece or nephew. feel like the Lord wants us to, to stop and, and listen for relationship. Uh, it, it will cost you. Don't think it won't cost you. It takes time. It takes maybe money. It takes your emotional tank to be poured out to hear someone's hard things. But it's worth it. and It's shaping us be like him we're going to look like the lamb if you're here this morning and this is like super confusing to you but you're drawn to it you're, you, you don't really know who Jesus is uh, you may not know what the Bible says I just want to invite you to 
to begin to follow Jesus. The Bible is full of stories of people that don't fully understand who he is, but they begin to follow him. They begin to do what he asks them to do. They begin to lay aside maybe things they thought were important, and they begin to say, I'll do it your way. I just invite you to, to pray. It's, it's just a, a, a first step to say, Jesus, I want to I wanna follow after you. I've been driving this car and it's not going. My life's not going in the right place. It's ending up in terrible disasters. It's costing so much in my life. I feel like the Lord is saying, would you let me lead you? Would you be willing to follow that you could have life, the life that you were created for? If that's you, I just invite you to pray that prayer. Just say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm sorry for thinking I had it figured out. The world has told me one way, and it's ended in destruction. I want to go after you. I want to follow after you, the way to life. I want to grab hold of your hand and go where you're going because I know you have something that I want. You have a promise of life, and I am willing to say yes. I am willing to lay aside the things I've been holding on to, the things I've been chasing after, and I'm going to say yes. And sometimes we do that over and over, you guys. I love Marcus's phrase that says, I'm going to sign up again to say yes to Jesus. Lord, we sign up again to say yes and to be willing to give what you ask of us. We know you are you have the words of life. As the disciple says, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. We know you are true. We don't fully understand, but we know you are who you say you are. We say yes again this morning, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to invite Mike up. Do you have anything you want to share? Christy said, "Let's. we need to sign up again. I just feel like there's an invitation just for all of us to sign up again. If we think we've signed up and if we think we've arrived, uh, we haven't. <laughs> there's, there is this opportunity to, to kind of go to this next level and just say wherever, whatever level you're at, wherever, wherever your faith is, that we just continue to lay down our lives and we just say, Jesus, we sign up again to fully follow you. Because what we signed up the first time doesn't look like this time. And it is, it's like, it's kind of like that onion, peeling that onion off. You know, it's like, oh, we got that first layer off and we realize, oh, there's another layer. And as we behold him, we become more and more like him but it is a process, and it, it requires obedience. We can't say we love him and yet go our own direction. Following him is obedience to his will, his ways, his commands. And we don't know, as Christy said, we don't know even the cost. We don't know what it's going to cost us this time around.
but we look to him and we know he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So where else would we go? What else would we, who else would we follow? I love that Matthew 6, back to that at the very beginning where everybody left and Jesus said, are you going to leave too? And they're like, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. What, what are, what's our other option? I would say this, there is no other option that ends well. He is our only option, no matter what the cost is. Is it going to cost us things that we love? Possibly. Is it worth it? Absolutely. <laughs> He's worthy. He's worthy of it all. We sing the song, but do we really believe that he's worthy of it all? That, that narrow way that Christy talked about, it says narrow is the way and few find it. That scares me. Because I'm like, ah, I don't want to think that I've got it figured out. The only way is just eyes on Jesus. And so I just feel, you know, Christy was talking about Isaiah 6, and I, where Isaiah's in the presence of the Lord, and there's this, this moment of woe is me. <laughs> when we put this new carpet in this week, I was like, oh, this carpet looks great. And then I was like, oh my gosh, the stage looks horrible. <laughs> I didn't notice it before. But I notice it now because we've, like, we've improved this, and now this looks like, ah. And, and I feel like this is, it, it is like this. It's like everything looks good, and then you get into the presence of the Lord, and you're like, oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm not what I thought I was. I'm not where I thought I was. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm living among a people. But then it's, this is the grace and the goodness of God. He's like, he's the one that, Isaiah didn't go, hey, seraphs, would you come over here and touch my lips? <laughs> no, it was the God of the universe who looked at Isaiah, and in the moment of seeing his, like, weaknesses and his, like, his frailty, he's like, the Lord sent the seraphs. He said, go touch, take the coal from the altar and go touch his lips. And he says, now, who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Not because of his own strength, not because of his own ability. It was the grace and the goodness of God. And this is what Jesus has done for us, that when we take his body and his blood, we take hold of something that goes way beyond us. And then, it, and then he says, now, who will go for me? And we go, yeah, I just drank of your cup. I just took of your body. I'll go for you. Whatever the cost, I'll go for you. So I'm just going to ask this. I just feel like as we close, would you, if, if you're in that place where you're ready to sign up again, or maybe this is the first time, whether it's the first time, second time, third time, or the hundredth time, I just, 
I just ask you to just just to stand up. It's just that like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go for you. And and don't do it unless you're ready. Well, I shouldn't say it that way, because we're never ready. We don't know what we're signing up for, but don't do it unless you mean it. Unless you're serious about it. I just this isn't to shame anyone sitting down. It's, it's just, where's the position of your heart right now? And are, would you just say yes to him? And if, if you're in that place of saying, I'm going to count the cost. I don't even know what the cost is. I'll go for you. I love Isaiah because he had no idea what the Lord was going to ask him to do. He just said, who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Didn't know what he was stepping into. When the disciples came to be with Jesus, as Christy was saying, they didn't know what they were stepping into. They just said, okay, we're going to follow you. And there were moments, I'm sure, all along the way. I mean, the moment in John 6, it's like, I'm sure before they said it, they're like, uh, I don't know. Are we going to leave? Are we going to leave? And Peter's like, no, we're not going to (laughs) leave. Where else do we go? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're staying. So, Lord, We know that this road is narrow. We know that few find it. And it's those that set their eyes upon you and that we would be willing to give up whatever it is, whatever comforts, whatever things of this world. Look, when we were up in Denver and we were feeding the the refugees and the and we're giving them clothes and we're praying with them and it was it was freezing cold it was like minus 8 degrees and we did not know that we were going to be driving home with six other people to take them to our home we we had no idea it wasn't it wasn't in our plans but it's in those moments all you've done is you just sign up and say god here am i use me for whatever it is it may not be that it may be something completely different but in the moment he's looking not He's not looking for you to have it all figured out or have the home that's the perfect size or we didn't have beds. We didn't have anything set up. We just said, here am I, send me. And it isn't easy. There's nothing easy about it. There's nothing comforting about it. But there is a grace of God. As we stay in his plan and in his ways, there is a grace that we get to walk in and a strength that takes us beyond us and into him that allows us to walk on the waves because we can't do it in and of ourselves. But then there's the moments, like we've had many moments where we've taken our eyes off of Jesus and been like, oh my gosh, did you see the size of those waves? (laughs) And then we begin to sink. And this is the testing of our faith in this season. I believe the Lord is testing our faith in these times. Let him test your faith for the purpose of that, there, that, that we would be strengthened, that there would be a perseverance and a maturing of the body of Christ. We don't mature when we just sit back in the boat. We mature when we get out of the boat and we face the waves and the storms come against us. And we're like, no, I'm locking my eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of my faith. And I will not take my eyes off of him. So, Lord, I thank you as we stand. Lord, I pray right now 
that you would become our strength, that you would be the one we set our eyes on, that there is nothing that's more valuable than you. There's nothing. You're more costly than gold. You're more precious than silver. You're more beautiful than diamonds. <laughs> it says that, that song, nothing I desire compares with you. Nothing. You're worth everything. So, Lord, we sign up again. Just say this, Jesus, I sign up. Here am I. Send me. I will walk in your ways. Teach me your ways that I may obey you. No matter what the cost, may I not reason things out in my own ways, but may I trust in you. Help me, because I can't do it on my own. Help me by your spirit to trust you. Strengthen me for the battles ahead. May my foundation be you as I walk in radical obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to say if, if you just kind of, if you said yes to Jesus, if this is your first time saying yes to him, and I feel like there's a couple in the room that this is maybe your first time that you've just kind of said, yeah, I'm going to say yes to him. Would you just, I, I'd love for you just to come up and talk with Christy or I, and, uh, and just, I just want to encourage you in that, uh, yeah. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing week. Go with him and get ready because it's going to get crazy. <laughs> but he's good. He's faithful. <laughs>